0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. My name is Alexis Clark, and if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're a student-run podcast that talks about major issues in public health and how they are relevant to anyone, both in and out of the field of public health. Today, we're excited to have Alex Morrell and Connor Welch. Alex and Connor are both MHA students at the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Over the last year, Alex has worked as a senior project coordinator at the Office of Statewide Clinical Education Programs, also known as OSEP, and has begun assisting with the onboarding of Connor into the same role as a senior project coordinator. Welcome to the show, Alex and Connor.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. Looking forward to speaking with you both.
0: So let's start off with you, Alex. What's been your journey to get into healthcare, why did you decide to pursue an MHA and why did you end up going with Iowa?
1: Yeah, my journey has definitely been probably a pretty traditional journey. I grew up in a family of healthcare care providers. And so my father is a physician, you know, my uncle's a physician, as well as I have a few brothers that decide to either go the, the provider route or more to the administration side. And so all growing up, I thought I was definitely going to be more on the provider side, whether that be a physician or physician assistant, even into more of kind of the allied health services such as like physical therapy, you know, occupational health, something to kind of that regard. But as I started to go through my you know, early days of college, freshman, sophomore year, I started to realize that I wasn't really drawn uh, towards, you know, biology, chemistry and those other courses that are really essential to be, to being able to go kind of that more medical field route on the uh, practicing side. And I started to realize that as I took more and more of the business courses, that I seemed to really relate more to those and to really enjoy those. And so I started to kind of think about, you know, what I wanted to do as a do for an occupation. And so I thought for sure, I want to do something to do with business. wasn't really quite sure uh, where I would fit in with that. And so I really started just kind of talking with different individuals about kind of different opportunities, whether it be within business, within healthcare. When I actually started talking to my brother, he was just getting into healthcare administration and really just felt like that was definitely kind of where my interests aligned was that I really enjoyed the business side as well as really enjoyed um, the aspect of being able to kind of Put healthcare and business together. And so from there, I really decided to pursue my undergrad in healthcare administration and then just never really looked back. You know, my when it got into the healthcare administration program, I started working in healthcare on the front end. After graduation, worked for a few more years in a kind of healthcare administration support roles, kind of working with different individuals from the financial service side.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's always great to hear when someone can take what what they believed they were going to end up doing and intertwine it with what they actually enjoy doing to you know come out with something such as healthcare administration. Connor, what about you? What's been your journey to get into healthcare and why did you decide to pursue an MHA degree?
2: Yeah, with my journey to healthcare, I think there's always been some level of interest ever since I was young. Similar to Alex, my parents uh, have both led careers in healthcare and various different roles. And they've certainly had a large influence on my life and I've always really looked up to them. And then like many in healthcare, just that desire to really be of help and of service to others was certainly appealing to me. I can remember, you know, kind of around high school-ish when you kind of start to think about a career. I was a, I've always been a big sports fan in the team, team-based sports specifically. And so I think there's a lot of parallels with that and healthcare being in really a team-based environment where you can kind of come together and be a part of something that's uh, far bigger than any one individual. So I think that lends itself well to leading sort of a more mission-driven career. In terms of the MHA specifically, that's something that I got interested in more a little bit later in college. And I think that's a product of getting exposed more to public health as a whole and really starting to appreciate all the ways that our health is influenced and all the factors at both an individual and population level. And so I think what's cool about an MHA degree is that you have the opportunity to influence how care is delivered at the bedside and within the clinic, but then to kind of take it a step further and uh, look through the lens of the community and have an influence on kind of community health as a whole. And then why Iowa for me? I think I could talk about Iowa for a lot of reasons. I got my bachelor's here in Iowa City, and I love being a Hawkeye, but the program specifically, I think, has a really family-like, cohesive atmosphere. And then I think in a two-year program, I think the curriculum is designed in a way that, you know, I'm going to leave with a lot of knowledge about the healthcare industry, but also, you know, begin to cultivate some of those leadership traits and more soft skills that um, will serve me well in a career and then just personally. So that's a little bit about my background.
0: That's great. Thank you both. So diving into OSEP, Alex, can you tell us a little bit about the background of OSEP and what really the goals are of that specific division of the Carver College of Medicine?
1: Yeah, definitely. So as you kind of mentioned, OSEP is a division of the Carver College of Medicine. They've been around since 1974. So just kind of just shy of 50 years. And so it's definitely been, you know, it's definitely been within the College College of Medicine for a very long time. The hospital, or excuse me, the the organization's kind of principal responsibility is for developing and coordinating collegiate outreach programs for medical education and community service. And so the best way to describe OSEP is that it's broken down into three uh, different parts. The first part is that it's the community-based medical education So that's like coordination of statewide medical education system, you know, different visiting professor programs and so forth, being able to make sure that we have a community-based medical education within the state of Iowa. Uh, The second part of it is uh, community service. That's really dealing with like Iowa physician recruitment and placement, practice management, consultation, and community relations. Uh, And so that's really where Connor and I are serving as far as in OSEP is really Working with the community to make sure that they have providers within the communities in which they need them to be able to make sure that different rural uh, parts of Iowa that they're really making sure that making sure that they have the, the right providers in the right place um, at the right time. And really making sure that they have the education in which they need to be able to serve uh, that part of Iowa. Some other services we also offer from the community service side is really working with you know recent graduates to be able to uh, see if they may have an interest um, in staying here in Iowa, and then being able to help them identify jobs within the the Iowa, within the state of Iowa, excuse me, as well as we also help current residents that are kind of navigating uh, that next step in their career. And we work with them by reviewing uh, physician compensation, you know, offer letters and stuff to make sure that they're able to, you know, they have a a competitive offer and that they understand what they are signing before they proceed uh, in that first job after residency. The third part of OSEP is the information systems and research. And so this is really kind of the health professions tracking systems, databases for community-based programs, and a workforce analysis. So through those three different programs, OSEP is really able to help all of Iowa when it comes to making sure that they have a a great multi-faceted plan in place to be able to make sure that all of Iowa benefits from the services in which OSEP offers. And really, like I said, those three main things is just the community-based medical education, community service, and then information systems and research.
0: That's great. I think it's really interesting when we have the opportunity to learn about things that are happening behind the scenes that most people probably have no idea this division even exists. So the fact that we are able to offer a division like this, I think speaks volumes to what the University of Iowa and the Carver College of Medicine is trying to do with its graduates of, you know, their medical school. So Connor, I have heard through the grapevine that a big initiative of yours is the Medical Practice Opportunities Directory. Can you discuss your role you play in the creation of that and what OSEP is trying to do with that survey?
2: Yeah, so the Iowa Opportunities Directory is an annual report published by OSEP, aimed to really capture the workforce needs across the state. It's a collection of reports looking at primary care and family medicine, general internal medicine, general surgery, internal medicine, pediatrics, OB-GYN, emergency medicine, psych, and advanced practice providers as well. So really a wide variety And what my role is primarily right now is in surveying medical practices across the state, not just hospitals, but also independent practices, community health centers, VA, correctional facilities, residency programs, really just every community across the state to determine what their needs are. And so we take that data and we have, OSEP has their own databases that uh, we use to collect data and then get to do a lot of Excel work and taking that data and making it more digestible for, for everyone and to kind of put it into these booklets. And, and then we follow up as well and do kind of a workforce demand analysis where we're able to kind of identify trends year over year throughout the state. And so that in a nutshell is kind of what the opportunities directory is all about.
0: A question for both of you, and you may have no idea, but roughly if you had to estimate how many different healthcare entities or organizations there were across the state of Iowa do you have a number a ballpark that you throw out there
1: yeah as far as surveying and kind of the opportunities that are out there yeah so if I recall correctly I think there's about 122 hospitals or somewhere in that ballpark throughout the state and we do survey every hospital whether it be a large you know integrated health system or whether it be a critical access hospital, as well as we we survey, you know, independent medical groups and really anyone in which in which they provide medical services in the state of Iowa. And so when it's all said and done, you know, throughout the at the different specialties in which Connor had mentioned, you know, we survey thousands of people to be able to accumulate the different opportunities within the state of Iowa and being able to to make sure that we're you know, reporting all the different openings that are, that are currently available um, in the state.
0: Great. That, that is very interesting. I think people don't realize how many healthcare organizations there actually are in the state of Iowa, just, you know, in the immediate proximity, but looking at now everything we've learned about OSEP, what does OSEP do, or how is it ultimately playing into creating a healthier Iowa?
1: Yeah, so I think the, the biggest thing that OSEP does in order to make Iowa a healthier state is that OSEP is really focused on making sure that rural health organizations have the, the adequate amount of providers in which they need to be able to serve these rural communities. And so what we do is that we work with these different healthcare organizations to be able to understand what their current uh, workforce needs are. Um, And then we go ahead and we publish those needs in the book, and in the opportunities directory, excuse me. And from there, you know, current residents as well as, you know, past residents and graduates of the Iowa program are able to see those available opportunities within either their own state or if they decide they want to stay in the state of Iowa after graduation. From there, they're able to then contact whether it be a recruiter, a healthcare executive and or provider to be able to discuss that opportunity. And to be able to see if that would be a good fit for them, and so I think that's ultimately what OSEP's doing to be able to make sure that Iowa is staying healthy, at least in our capacity, is just making sure that residents have you know care close to home, and that organizations are able to fulfill their mission through being able to make sure that they have you know providers in, in the right amount throughout the organization.
0: Great, Th- thank you for that, Alex. Looking to you, Connor, as you still are in the early months of this role. What do you hope to learn from your experience with OSEP?
2: Yeah, so, you know, kind of like we touched on with the opportunities directory as a whole, I think from a career development perspective, I think it's an opportunity to work on leading a big project. One that, if you think about it across the state, has literally millions of stakeholders. And then to, you know, present that information to various groups throughout the summer, I think it's also an opportunity to just kind of better understand the workforce needs and kind of overall landscape of Iowa healthcare. And then as we we spoke to with rural health, just kind of learning more and more about rural health is something that I'm really excited about. And then finally, I think uh, excited to sit in on more uh, physician employment contract reviews. I think that's uh, a really unique opportunity and cool service that this office offers. And so to be a part of that is exciting as well.
0: Yes, that does sound like a very exciting opportunity as you are still in the early stages. I know you probably don't even know the full scope of everything you'll be doing, but we really appreciate hearing what you're looking forward to. Alex, I know you have recently finished with this role, and while everyone has been dealing with COVID in their own sense, OSEP is no different. So your time with OSEP was very much impacted and and influenced by COVID-19. I imagine getting physicians or administrators to fill out another survey was not on the top of their mind. What steps or tactics did you take to try to get the responses even during unprecedented times?
1: Yeah, great question. As you mentioned, you know, COVID-19 really affected the whole state of Iowa uh, as well as the whole country. And really, when it came to OSEP's day-to-day operations, it was really no different. You know, in fact, you know, when I first joined OSEP, it was supposed to be a summer internship. But unfortunately, due to COVID, that was delayed a little bit. And so I wasn't able to start in the position until later in the summer, towards the end of July. And so right from the get go, that kind of put us behind and uh, being able to collect surveys to be able to then, you know, publish our opportunities directory. And so, you know, as far as being able to find creative ways to be able to get this information from providers, recruiters and healthcare executives across the state while they were facing very challenging times with the pandemic. We actually had to go through and, and really change um, our whole method of collection. You know, before COVID-19, OSEP very much you know sent out the very you know sent out you know mail mailing surveys through through mail, and then they'd be able to get those responses back to the mail. But you know, we we didn't feel that may be the best way this year to be able to collect surveys. We wanted to make it as con- contactless as possible. And so we actually went back through and made the surveys, you know, e- electronic. So they'd be able to, to go through and fill the, you know, fill out the surveys through a PDF file and then to be able to email it back to us and or to, to fax it back to us. And so that was really the, the major change we made as far as just our method of collection. As far as being able to reach, you know, providers, recruiters, and healthcare executives during a very challenging time, I would say that we were just very very willing to to give you know all these people much grace and we were really patient with them and and really understanding that they weren't able to get right back to us that we would be able to eventually hear back from them and be able to get the opportunities which they had in their which they had in their organization and so through a lot of phone calls emailing and just being able to keep kind of that open dialogue i feel that most folks were very open uh to relaying kind of their the different the different openings they had and the different needs they had in the organization. But yes definitely wasn't you know quite as smooth and, and as timely as usual. But I think overall that you know these recruiters and healthcare executives and providers really see the value in the opportunities directory. And so I think they were able to to really understand that although they're going through a lot of challenges. That it still is important to make sure they're able to fill those positions in their organization, and to be able to continue to recruit qualified, you know, providers and advanced practitioners into their organization. And so, overall, I feel that individuals are still open to to having conversations with us and being able to to give us the information. And so, all in all, when it was all said and done, we were able to, you know, have a hundred percent. Uh, collection rate, and we're able to get all the different opportunities in which organizations have throughout the state of Iowa.
0: That, that is extremely interesting. You mentioned transitioning from mail sur- surveying to electronic surveying. Do you know, and maybe Connor, you can answer this, is that the way moving forward? You're going to do it completely electronic or are you guys doing a hybrid model? What's What's it look like for the future of OSEP?
2: Yeah, we're taking a little bit more, I guess, of a hybrid model, if you will, this year. Definitely back to mailings. We actually just mailed out a lot of surveys today. So that was kind of exciting. But definitely learned some things through COVID just with being able to get email responses or Maybe looking at things like faxing and exploring different avenues just to ensure that we get 100% response rate to really make sure that we're capturing what the workforce needs are and, and all Iowa communities across all practices. So definitely some lessons learned, but trying to get back to kind of your more traditional male this year is the approach we're taking at this point.
0: Very interesting. So looking to both of you, since you are both pursuing a degree in health administration, what has this role taught you about the industry that you have yet to learn from coursework?
1: Yeah, I think for me, if you don't mind, I'll jump in first here. I think for me, that something that OSEP's really been able to teach me that may not be something I would have gained through the courses in the MHA program. It's just really the impact in which provider and nursing shortages have on organizations. You know, we all the time in healthcare talk about, you know, all these different, you know, provider shortages, you know, nursing shortages, and really just overall workforce shortages within healthcare. But I think really what Osip was able to do for me was to really illustrate what impact this has on rural America. I think sometimes, you know, coming from more of a, a suburban location, from sort of like City, Utah, that I didn't really realize, you know, how many communities don't have the adequate amount of providers uh, within their community to be able to offer, you know, the best healthcare uh, close to mm-hmm. home. And so through this, I've been able to really just understand that that many rural health organizations are struggling to be able to fill, you know, different positions that are, you know, absolutely critical to the residents within their community. And and really, I guess, you know, something else i learned from that was just the resources that are available to these rural health organizations to be able to to make the job a little easier And to make sure that, you know, individuals are aware of the opportunities in which, you know, these rural health organizations have and making sure that we're able to to adequately staff those different organizations and to make sure that patients do have care close to home.
0: Awesome.
2: I would just echo, you know, a lot of what um, Alex has said. I think um, this role is kind of unique in that, you know, we're based out of the Carver College of Medicine with really an emphasis on collegiate outreach programs and with medical education and community service specifically which is something we're maybe not necessarily exposed to as much in our MHA. So I think that you know provides an opportunity to work with residents and learn more about residency programs throughout the state. And then as Alex said, just really get a deep dive and better understanding of rural healthcare and especially related to provider shortage needs and ensuring access for rural communities across the state.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting to hear. And I'm really happy that Iowa does offer those opportunities to graduate students and specifically in the MHA program that oftentimes don't see this side of healthcare until they're further down into their career. So the fact that you guys are getting exposure to this now, I think will pay dividends in the long run. So the final question we like to ask on from the front row, and this can be in regards to any aspect of your life, not just professionally, looking at you, Alex, what is one thing you thought you knew, but were later wrong about?
1: Yeah. So this one's, you know, really kind of a simple realization, which I had since joining the MHA program. That's really just healthcare's role um, in the society. You know, before coming to the MHA program, I just always, you know, kind of suspect or kind of felt that really a healthcare organization's role was to be able to be a place in which individuals within the community could be able to receive care. And, you know, when people came into into the hospital and or a medical group, that they're able to receive really the best healthcare possible and to be able to really be able to receive uh, the best services in which the hospital and medical group are able to provide uh, for that community. But one realization I've had since, you know, I, as I said, joining the MHA program and kind of starting to dive more into to the healthcare industry is that, you know, although it's really important, important for healthcare organizations to really you know, offer great healthcare and to be able to be there as a resource when individuals in the community need them, that, you know, it really, you know, that healthcare organizations really need to go one step further and being able to make sure that they're a partner within the community to be able to make sure that individuals realize as to, you know, what things they can do to be able to to live a healthy life and that the hospital and, and, and medical groups are really supporting individuals' quests in that and being able to To really not only be a resource for when they need care, but also being a resource when they they don't need care and being able to make sure that they're taking the preventative measures in which they need to be able to live a healthy life.
0: Connor, what about you? What's one thing you thought you knew, but were later wrong about?
2: I can certainly go a number of directions with this. I find that I'm wrong about things every single day, but... Reflecting kind of on this past year in graduate school and amidst the pandemic, I think one of the things I kind of thought about the healthcare industry as a whole, or I guess something that I didn't appreciate, is just how quickly and rapidly healthcare organizations can respond to the changing needs of a community. You know, I think traditionally I always thought of things as, you know, healthcare having so many moving parts and kind of these big picture ideas and problems that kind of take a lot of time to respond to, but whether it be like vaccination clinics or testing clinics for COVID or just setting up, you know, converting ICU beds and things like that, I think has been something that's really been neat to see from, I guess, an outsider's perspective. It's something that I was certainly wrong about and didn't necessarily appreciate that kind of quick, um, rapid response. And I kind of think that's a learning lesson or something to take from this pandemic or moving forward in our career is, you know, how we're able to, to quickly respond when needed to the needs of a community.
0: That's what I believe is so special about healthcare. Because as Alex said earlier, the fact that a healthcare organization is a partner in the community. And many times I feel people take healthcare for granted in the United States. Maybe that's not true for everyone, but I think, in large, they get blamed for a lot and never appreciated. So, when COVID did happen, I think people began to notice all of the players that were involved in making things happen, and happen at a rapid rate as COVID was constantly evolving, as laws were constantly evolving. Well, that's all of the questions I have for both of you. I want to thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedules to talk with me. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everyone listening has learned a lot. So thank you both.
2: Thanks, Lexi. Yeah, thanks, Lexi.
0: That's it for our episode this week. Big thanks to Alex and Connor for coming on with us today. This episode was hosted, written, edited, and produced by Alexis Clark. You can learn more about the University of Iowa College of Public Health on Facebook. Our podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with your colleagues. Our team can be reached at CPH dash gradambassador at uiowa.edu. This episode was brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Stay happy, stay healthy, and keep learning.